Something in the mist! Something in the mist! Cook John Lee! Shut the doors! Shut the doors, my God! Don't go out there. There's something in the mist. It took John Lee. Hey, yo, what's going on, friends? We are back. It is In Madness Pod. It's Sean the Butcher. I'm here with Vertebrae 33. What's up, dude? What's going on? How's everybody doing? How you doing, Sean? I think slow clap. Oh, yeah. So 10. We've we made, made it to uh, almost a dozen episodes. What's 10? I don't know. Is there a thing for 10? Whatever. Nah, I like a good round number. We could just do 10. Boom. Two hands. Uh, you know, we started this the day after Christmas last year. Check out our Krampus episode. Uh, I'm shocked we've made it this long. And uh, yeah, this is so much fun. We've laid out our next batch of episodes. If you've been listening, thank you so much. If you've been giving us feedback, thank you so much. Uh, at In Madness Pod on the socials, inmadnesspod at gmail.com if you want to email us. Subscribe to the YouTube. We got a YouTube page popping now. We got a Spotify playlist. All the songs that you know get mentioned in this podcast end up on that playlist. It's so much fun. We got the Ronettes going into the Dillinger Escape Plan. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, it's going to be one hell of a playlist. Yeah. We, we want to hear from you on the socials, your favorite lines from these movies, your favorite moments from these movies, anything. We're nerding out. We want to nerd out with you. Uh, and I'm I'm having a great time nerding out with you. And you said you've been getting positive feedback. It's great to be getting positive energy. feedback. Yeah. And and I'm gonna drop a, a surprise on you, but I, I'm gonna offer a prize to somebody towards the end of this episode. So when Whoa. we get through it, I'm gonna offer a Vertebrae 33 T-shirt prize pack to somebody. So wow, yeah, I didn't tell you that. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure that out. That's incredible. Um, wow. The episode 10. Yeah. We'll do something nice. I got to do something. I got to throw something, something in nice. there. I got like a sticker. You want to throw a sticker up in there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got some stuff. I got some stuff. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, that's we cool. Can go, and, I'll, uh, and we can go through it. I'll exp- I didn't. Again, we don't talk about this stuff in advance, so I didn't tell Sean this. Yeah, I mean, I want a present. Can I get like a doggy bag or some shit? I think you have some Vertebrae 33 shirts. I do. I got a lot of gear. I got a bunch (laughs) of shirts. I got a bunch of your shirts. Um, And I I met you like doing Comic Cons and stuff, and I did a lot of Comic Cons with you. We had a lot of fun doing those, man. Hanging out at the booth. We did one during the pandemic that was in my, well, like, Essentially, what we're doing now. Or essentially, computer. was the birth of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what kind of got me thinking. That was I did that in my garage. At least, at least now I'm inside. It's a little cold, cold out there right now. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to get into this episode. You ready? Oh, episode ten, two hands. Let's do it. All right. For episode ten, we're gonna do Escape from Witch Mountain by Ditna. <laughs> I just wanted to mess with you and see. I almost thought about writing up a whole fake thing about some movie and see kind of how long you would play along with it. I'm excited for our next Morgan Freeman episode where you have to do the whole intro as Morgan Freeman. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Do little snippets. Uh, We're doing The Mist from 2007. And um, the mist is based off a Stephen King novella, 
It was first published in 1980 in the Dark Forces Anthology. And then it was later published in 85 in a Stephen King collection called Skeleton Crew. And for this show, I listened to the audiobook. Um, I got Skeleton Crew and I listened to this. And I'm going to say the dumbest thing I've ever said on this podcast. But wow, that Stephen King can write good books. <laughs> like you forget it if you haven't read them in a while. or And, and it's just just so engrossing. Um, such a great, a great story. And this is a great adaption of it, uh, directed by Frank Darabont, who directed Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile. He first got his start in like horror movie stuff. So he worked on screenplays for Fly 2, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. And 1994's Frankenstein. So he's a huge into art and horror. So it, it works perfectly for us. And obviously has this pretty fantastic relationship with Stephen King. And we, we'll get into their communication about parts of this movie at some point. Um, the cast, Thomas oh, Jane. There's a lot of people in this movie. There's a lot. And honestly, like I felt bad because there are a few people I, I left off. Uh, but I just I try really hard in my rundown to give everybody. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Thomas Jane is David Drayton. Marsha Gay Harden as your favorite character, Mrs. Carmody. Miss Carmody. Yes, Miss Carmody. And Laurie Holden as Amanda Dunfrey, or I like to call Mom 2. And I can explain that later. But uh, Andre Brower as Brent Norton. That's uh, Andre went on to be in, um, oh, what was that? Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Did you ever see that show on Fox? It's mm-hmm. a fantastic job. Nathan Gable, Billy Drayton, Kelly Collins Lintz as Stephanie Drayton, William Sadler as as Jim, and William Sadler was also Death from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And he was in he was in Shawshank too, but he, he played Death. Uh soundtrack, there is no vinyl. No vinyl. Ah, that was my ah. next question. My next question. Right. Mark Isham. And he's done like the Black Dahlia, Blade, The Hitcher. He's done a lot of kind of weird esoteric movies as well. Um, and just a quick thing about Frank. He's a huge art fan, illustration fan. And he paid over a million dollars for a Bernie Wrightson illustration from Bernie Wrightson's Frankenstein adaption. Uh, it's called I Shall Be With You on Your Wedding Night. And I have a reproduction here in my office, but it that was taken directly from a scan. Frank offered that piece up to be direct scan so people were able to get prints pure from Bernie Wrightson's amazing. So you didn't pay $1 million for it? I didn't pay $1 million. No. no. Yeah, I know. That would have been an exciting thing to drop on this. Yeah. But yeah, he, he paid over a million bucks for it and it's amazing art. And then quickly when you jump into this movie we'll have a little art talk almost immediately almost almost in my first sentence yeah yeah um so that's kind of it you want to jump in and we'll get yeah so uh, uh, so in our in our usual tradition i saw this in theaters uh there is nothing i love more than a great ending and this movie has a very good ending possibly the greatest of all time and right. that's all i'll say and and i will say that that is not the book ending yes and stephen king stated that he wishes he wrote that as the ending to the book 
So he that's, very much approved. That's it. how great the ending is. We start the show with the ending. That's how great it is. We get our opening shot. There's a big storm outside. There's some funky tunes playing. And we see our artist, our dad. And here we are nerding out one second into the movie. Right. And so that is all of this art stuff in the book. He He's an artist as well. In the movie, they made they essentially made him Drew Struzan. And Drew Struzan is friends with Frank. And Frank is obviously a huge fan of his work. He's one of the well most well-known, prolific, iconic poster artists of all time. The Thing, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Harry Potter. Um, he did create uh, posters for this that were unused. Um, and then uh, later on, yeah, unfortunate, and and we'll get to the um, one of the early lines in this movie about Photoshop. Uh, but Frank paid his own money to have one of them printed, and they used it as a giveaway at, at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and so they modeled even this sort of setup after Drew Struzan set up and Thomas Jane went to his studio and spent the day with him just to kind of learn how to like hold the brush even. And they took, they shot all his posters that he did. So to fill up the office, the funny thing is, is they, he paints on illustration board and like the studio people. And I guess they figure quote unquote, regular people don't understand that. So they had the illustration board like mounted to a canvas. So it looks like he's painting on a canvas because, you know, all artists paint on canvas, right? Just a, just a weird thing. Um, the paintings in the office, right? Drew's work. The one you noticed right away was the thing, the thing, right? Hanging up. I want that. I will pay over a million dollars. <laughs> for that <laughs> and is the and, painting next to it is that like pan's labyrinth right so that's an unused piece from pan's labyrinth pan's labyrinth had the same issue where they paid him to make the poster and then the studio step in and they give him some bad photoshop instead um and then there's a couple personal works as as well um funny thing is is he uh, i have the art of drew struzan book and he talks about the mist a little bit and and i noticed it right away when you watch this movie he's mixing paint on his hand sean that's insane no nobody no artist mix paint on their hand that is one of the dumbest things like, like the tip of the thing or oh, i've ever seen like he literally has his hand out and is mixing color like that is ridiculous um and i and drew in his book said that then some dumbass on set decided to have him mix his paint on his hand um and he's working on a painting and that painting is for, at the time, would have been a fictional adaption of Stephen King's The Dark Tower, The Gunslinger. Oh, so it was not Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry. No. Oh, no. I didn't so, know what the hell it was. So Stephen King's Dark Tower series, this this book was The Gunslinger. I think it's been, I don't know what volume it is. Someone can tell us. And this is a painting of a fictional adaption of that movie okay um and and in the book he is a he's an artist as well but he's not as successful as this guy it's his father is more successful and they kind of get into his feelings a little bit about that um in the book he actually almost looks down on commercial illustration a little bit which i find interesting when you then model it in the movie after one of the most amazing you know poster painters of all time um, when we get to the thing episode, we can talk more about the actual thing poster, but 
I don't want to ruin when we get to episode whatever that's going to be. 100. 100 when they're really prepared to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm intimidated by doing this thing definitely. Yeah. Uh so while he's painting, the power goes out, thunder is cracking outside, and there's our opening title. Looking out over the water, this horrible oncoming storm, the mist. Yeah, it's great. The camera pans back. We see our family, mom, dad, the kid. They head down to the basement. We get a shot inside dad's room. All the paintings and crash. Big ass tree comes right through the window, destroys a bunch of shit. It's the next morning. The whole tree's ripped out of the ground. The thing the, the kid thinks it's cool as hell. Yeah, of course. Ah, he is tripping out over this tree. And and in the book, they the build up to this storm is this is the one thing in the movie that I, I wish and it's a two hour, you know, it's a long movie, so they couldn't get to it, but they're much more freaked out by this storm in the book than they are here. Right? They're pretty they're kinda, pretty relaxed. The sun oh, is out. Chill. There's there's in the book, there's power lines down, and the mom is worried they're live, and the mom's worried that the kid will run over them. So there's that kind of tension as well. Um, this is sort of I think they just needed to get into the movie. Obviously, you can't include every detail. Um, they seem more sort of hardened to like, oh, we have storms around here type type of thing. But they're pretty chill for people who their house, right? Would you be that chill, Sean? I'd be the neighbor. <laughs> Motherfucker! <laughs> yeah. Their situation, dad's, uh, dad's awesome paintings are all torn up in the yard. He's pissed off. He's got to call the studio, extend the deadline. Mom's like, what other choice do they have? Ah, they could whip up some bad Photoshop poster in an afternoon. They do it all the time. Two big heads. Oh, two big heads. And that's I like, thought of you immediately. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is, you know, this came out in 2007. This was probably on the edge of when that was really starting to happen. And certainly on the edge of when Drew Struzan decided to stop painting um so and i think part of that was dealing with studios and dealing with making art for pan's labyrinth and the mist and having it never see the light of day i feel like we're in the other direction now right people seem to value that art a, a little bit more so we're gonna post it on the socials at in madness pod absolutely uh dad's gonna head down to town to pick up some food supplies some stuff to fix the house and mom's like, oh, that was your grandfather's tree. <laughs> the one that came smashing through and almost killed everybody. The kid runs over. He's like, you got to see the boathouse. It's smashed to pieces. Whoa. Hmm. Adorable little bastard. <laughs> he runs away. The parents are laughing at how stoked he is. They walk over. They check it out. They find out it's the neighbor. It's Mr. Morton, right? Uh, this is uh, Norton. Mr. Norton. All right. I haven't written down his Morton. I'm an idiot. I'll try and fix that. Uh, Mr. Norton's tree, it fell and it smashed the boating house. And dad's been asking him to cut down that tree for a while. Clearly, he did not. Now dad's boat is smashed to bits. Mom looks off in the distance and we see this heavy mist. It's flowing in from behind the mountains onto the water. It looks really creepy. And uh, our parents are curious as to what can be happening. He's like, I don't know. I'm not the weatherman. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go have a chat with Mr. Norton about this tree. I promise I won't punch him in the nose. I think the line in the book he says something. If I knew about the weather, I'd be on the six o'clock news. <laughs> can can I ask you what what's the difference between this is gonna sound really dumb, the mist and fog? Uh yeah, I was gonna ask: Is the mist just the fog? Just a different yeah. Like I mean, it's it's funny. It sounds more gentle. Yeah. Fog sounds a little more mean. Mist suffocating. Sounds- like fog feels suffocating. Mist feels light and breezy. And yeah. 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 Like a light mist. Yeah. I got, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was in Iceland and I got a, 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 like a massage thing. And one of it was like a light misting. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is sweet. This is- <laughs> yeah. I hope there's not a creature in there. <laughs> yeah. Even if there is, this feels so good. Uh, Mom knows that the neighbor won't care that the tree crushed the house. Dad's like, He's just, I'm just going to ask for insurance info. He walks over and there's Mr. Norton, pissed, just like me, in the yard, trying to get the chainsaw, <laughs> screaming every obscenity in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately a great situation for our dad to walk into awkwardly. Yeah. Uh, so Norton turns around. He's not stoked to see our dad, Drayton. Yes, uh, for his insurance. And the neighbor's already pissed. Right. They have previous right. beef. Right, they had a lawsuit that went awry. Neighbor stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Neighbor garbage. Yeah. Uh, and then we turn around to see that the tree has also crushed Mr. Norton's car. Yeah, that car, by the way, is a was a rental. <laughs> so, so then they had the the props guys went crazy trashing the car, so they end up having to pay a lot more money to get that car fixed than they anticipated. Whoops. <laughs> And this is so this movie was on a super tight budget too. So this was they filmed this in Louisiana in six weeks, which is an insane speed. Yep. Yeah. And we'll get into later kind of how how they filmed it. But um yeah, so to have a car that then you gotta pay more money to get fixed, probably really off to a bad start. Yep. Uh, we turn and see another tree's landed on this dude's car. So the, our neighbors share a moment about how nice the car was. Yeah. Uh, neighbors like, I'll bring over my insurance info later. Okay. They don't like each other, but they're trying. They're really trying. Uh, Mr. Norton asks our dad for a lift to town so we can get supplies. Uh, and then we see the family's name on the mailbox, the Drayton's. Yeah. As the boys head to town. So fancy when you get your name put on the mailbox like that, right? I, I also noted in my notes, a common theme on this podcast is families living out in the sticks, yeah. color out of space, signs, all these weird-ass families and these bizarre things happening to them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to do uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. The, <laughs> uh, the guys are driving to town. They pass a bunch of trucks who are headed to fix the electric. Dad's talking to the neighbors. Uh, I thought last night we'd fly off to Oz. They're sharing. They're enjoying. They're trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, neighbors messing with the radio stations are all off the air. The kids in the back. He's like, Dad, look. And a bunch of military cars full of soldiers drive by. Here we go. Not good. Dad's like, it must be the guys from the base. Mm-hmm. And the neighbor's like, up the mountain? And then really blurred. I had to look this up. He goes, the Arrowhead Project? Yeah. Mm, excuse me? We just we just graze over that really quick. Right. They drop a lot in this movie quickly. Uh, the neighbor says to Dad, you're a local. What do they do up there in the mountains? 
That's defense research. I'm sure you heard the stories. And the neighbor says, the woman at the laundromat says they keep a crash flying saucer up there with frozen alien bodies. <laughs> Miss Edna, Miss Tabloid, I had Bigfoot's baby. <laughs> uh, they have a nice laugh, you know? It's good. Yeah. It's good to see the boys getting along. They're clicking. It was first over the car they bonded. Their sorrow mm-hmm. for the car. And now. And then more black trucks full of soldiers. They're in a hurry. Uh, maybe their power's out too. <laughs> So they finally arrive to town. Dad's cell phone has no signal. He's going to try for the payphone. That dates the movie. Yes. I was like, oh man, the payphone. The kid this wants is to probably go. too right at the time where there were still some payphones. Mm-hmm. This was right when uh, cell phones started popping off heavy. Yes. Um, the kid wants to go with the neighbor, Mr. Norton. Dad's okay with it. Neighbor's okay with it. They're bonding. Uh, dad checks the payphone. It doesn't work either. So we head heads back to the supermarket, and it is packed. We're talking Long Island when there's two inches of snow. Packed. <laughs> Everyone's panicking. All the water. We're all gonna die. And you know what's funny is they're they're very calm. It, it, right now, the, there's a lot of people, but they all seem calm. In the book, it's super high tension. There's only two registers open. And there's all this tension and they're getting a- angry and upset in line. And I think they maybe this was changed in this because we're going to get plenty of angry and upset l- later on. But again, now it feels like this town has been hit by storms before. And, you know, it's just another big one. Whoa, a whopper, you know, and, and we got to do what we got to do. Uh, Dad's talking to the girl at the counter, Sally. All the power's out, the store, uh, everyone's stressed. Uh, he still asks if Sally if she could babysit Saturday so him and his wife could have a, have a date night. So everyone knows. Yeah, again, still that. chill. Still chill. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah nonchalant. I, I don't um, know about you, man, but if there was a giant tree through the front of my house. I, I wouldn't be asking people for babysitting and worrying about that <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wants to have date night. Yeah. Got to get away from that damn kid. Uh, then he walks into Ollie, my man, one of my favorite characters in this movie and maybe in any movie in general. Ollie is awesome. Bagging up groceries. Good morning, Miss Carmody. And do we <sighs> notice Miss Carmody comes in? She's got the white wrapper on her head and white gloves on, right? Looking way different than later, much later in the movie um where she kind of loses her mind so uh very interesting very like somebody from a hitchcock movie in a way yeah she is my least favorite most hated character in any movie next to sharon stone in casino Uh, there you go they both play their role so well it makes me like despise their characters and it gets me so invested in the movie uh, so of course, Miss Carmody is like with lines like these. I don't know how good my morning is, but I guess I'll have to make do. Mm. It's okay. And the guys, they roll their eyes at her. They let her scurry away. Uh, Dad catches up with Mister Morton and his kid. You know, they're, they're thanking each other, helping each other out. Uh, they, they bond over his wife's writing not being clear. On yeah, she can list. make a fortune in Manhattan with this writing. Yeah. Um, the kid's asking if, you know, dad and the neighbor are going to be friends, you know, it might be a stretch, but the kid's glad they're not mad at each other anymore. Mm -hmm. 
and we see a shot of a newspaper electrical storm largest on record right and let's talk about that newspaper for a second all right so it's the castle rock times and castle rock is a fictional town in stephen king stories and i and since this story the first time we'll say it ding 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 is very lovecraftian in a lot of ways his castle rock is very much his arkham that that he built um and then the fun note is that there's no actual words that's the text is just filled with Lauren, Lauren Ibsen filler text. So there's no funny headlines like in Seven and The Simpsons. It's that headline, and then it says by Lauren Ibsen, and then it has just the you know the gobbledygook filler type in it. There's no actual content on it, which I feel now 100% sure they would have filled it up with other stuff. I I don't know why they even did it then. I mean DVDs were out. It would have you know it would have been okay to just type up some of the article, but again six weeks. To film this movie tight budget let's let's just let's move roll. on to the next shot yeah yep. everyone's in line checking out these three army dudes walk in uh one of the dudes smiles at sally the girl bagging up groceries uh, he smiles at our, our old lady miss riffler i believe her name is love that lady yep dad and his kid have a talk with miss riffler about the storm dad mentions the tree came right through the window is that her name miss riffler i'm gonna i think so i think so uh the kid the little billy drayton can't keep his mouth shut he's like mr norton's tree smushed our boathouse and dad embarrassingly glances over at mr norton standing next to them right in the line uh so then another military vehicle uh parks in the front of the store and another army dude walks in he approaches the other army guys and dad is watching all of this go down yeah miss riffler is talking about how the government isn't funding education anymore they got better things to spend their money on like corporate handouts and reppers rippler rappler 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 all right i mean i'm probably gonna get it wrong but i'll try to remember that too i was Uh, surprised you didn't have like a nickname for yeah no no just oh the old lady the old lady (laughs) there you go yeah, I'm probably just going to call her the old lady. Uh, yeah, but then we hear, yeah. we hear a bunch of uh, cop cars and fire trucks and all these sirens blaring. Uh, it shakes everybody up. Everyone's super unsettled by this. And the dad overhears the army guys talking. They're on leave for 10 days. And the guy tells them leaves are now canceled. Canceled. Done. He doesn't know why, but he's going to run to the pharmacy. He tells the troops to meet him at the Jeep in five minutes. That's an order. The dudes are pissed. They were almost out. And then the scariest sound ever. (laughs) The panic horn, the panic alarm, the emergency siren, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, starts blaring throughout the town. And now everyone is concerned. Mm -hmm. Uh, I made a note in my notes about this. You ever seen the the thing created uh, on the internet? It's like Slenderman uh, Siren Head? No. Do you know Slender Man? Yeah. 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 So they, somebody made a siren head and it's like this big Godzilla thing, but it's just like a post and mm-hmm. it's got a bunch of sirens and it just makes all the weird, scary siren noises. Uh-huh. I'm going to also post that on our socials. Okay. It's super creepy. And- <laughs> siren head rules. Siren head rules. There's your siren snippet. Head rules. Um, you know, it's funny before we get further on this, this grocery store here. Um, it's about found, to pop off right now. So yeah, yeah. they found this grocery store and they loved it. So it's basically essentially how they found it. 
So they used it that way. They didn't build on it. And then when they built the sets, they built it to emulate that. They didn't add on to it in any way. Just a cool shape to it and everything. And they filmed this. And this will explain as we go along. They filmed it with multiple cameras. So some of the actors compared it to being in a play where you're just kind of always on stage. So as they're filming these scenes, everybody in this scene, this huge cast is going through it. You don't know if they're going to zoom in on you at any moment. So it's not just a bunch of people standing off to the side. It's all happening and the cameras are sort of weaving in and out. And that gives it this really cool look as we can see people's expressions and and, and again, they don't know. So they're acting this entire performance through. Um, and, you, you know, you're not even sure if they got your close up until you see it afterwards, uh, which is really cool idea. Here comes trouble. An older gentleman comes running through the parking lot. He's bleeding from his nose. And Sally, the girl at the counter, covers her mouth in shock at the sight of him. He runs in the store and screams, something in the mist. <laughs> Holy crap. Something in the mist. It took John Lee. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. My man, little Ollie the bagger, tries to calm him down. He keeps saying, something in the mist took John Lee. I could hear him screaming. Now everyone is freaking out. Shut the door. He's screaming. They slam the door shut and all begin crowding around the window to see what's going on. Don't go out there. There's something in the mist. It took John Lee. But alas, we get a random patron. Screw that. I'm going to my car. Barrels through everyone. Runs outside. Yeah, Yeah, El Camino, man. Decides to run out. Then we get the amazing (laughs) shot of the mist covering the entire town. And you can see people running scared all throughout the parking lot. The man gets to his car. He's fumbling for his keys. The mist covers him. And he begins screaming bloody murder. Everyone is freaking the hell out. One of the customers thinks it's a pollution cloud, a chemical explosion. Everyone's looking outside wondering what it can be. Wonderful Miss Carmody goes, it's death. Mm -hmm. Boom. (laughs) Massive shake like an earthquake. Whole store shaking. Everyone's screaming. And then it all stops. (laughs) The customers think it's an earthquake. The supermarket manager tells everyone to stay in the store and then we get our scared mother. And you know, it's funny. This is this, the making of, there's a making of documentary on the Blu-ray for this. And they show this scene where they're filming it and all the stuff is falling on them. And there, there's stuff really falling on these actors and actresses. It's not computer. And there, and there's like a guy off to the side, just throwing more chunks of stuff at at them. Just like bits of foam, just standing up on top of one of the shelves, just throwing the stuff off at them. It's pretty, it's pretty great. And, and a lot of that is their natural reactions to stuff falling on them. They're doing this again, six weeks down and dirty. You get the shot. Cool. Move on to the next shot. Done. When they're shaking the building and making sounds at one point, they're using uh, like, just like a little like lift that you would like put like a pallet jack and they're just banging the pallet jack against the actual building and making that sound like, you know, not very high tech, but all of it works. Uh, I believe this scared mother is Carol from The Walking Dead. Okay. Um, 
She cannot stay in the store. She has to get home to her kids. Terrible Miss Carmody. No, don't go out there. It's death out there. The end of days. Ugh. The worst. <laughs> Our neighbor, Mr. Mort, uh, Mr. Norton, is telling everyone to relax. Our scared mother's like, I cannot stay here. I have to get home to my kids. Everyone's like, you cannot go out there. She has to go. She left her eight-year-old at home, who's only supposed to be gone for a few minutes. Right, watching another kid, I think. And I think in the book, they say something about one of the kids having a pension for playing with the stove as well, which just begs the question, you know, why? Maybe she maybe she becomes mom of the year later on in this movie. But like, why are they home? You just had a major storm. There's no power, right? They got no electricity. And you just left two little kids home. Just take them with you. Other people have kids there. And then she's about to ask for a lot. Yeah. No one's looking her in the eye. She wants help. Yeah. She asks our dad, Drayton, can you help me? He's like, I got my own kid to worry about. I mean, that's cold, but what do you do? What do you do? Go. Yeah, what are you going to do? You, you know, you just saw El, El Camino Man bite the dust. So she gets yeah. pissed. She leaves the store. She vanishes into the mist. Gone. The son starts crying. He wants mommy. We cut to him. He's asleep on the floor. Dad's with him. He's with the ladies from the register. We're introduced to Ashley, the teacher, mm-hmm. uh, who's also from The Walking Dead. Who, uh, uh, Ashley, the, his girl, the interest, the, uh, the, the blonde lady. Oh, that's, uh, Amanda. Is it Amanda? The girl that he have... likes I... mom too. I guess. Yeah. Why do I have everyone's name wrong? That's weird. <laughs> I love this. That's so we're funny. going. If you've been with us throughout the entire thing, we're going old school on this episode. Wow. That's weird that all of my names are wrong. I misheard everybody's name. Uh, she's also in The Walking Dead, though. Amanda Dumfrey, I guess. Yeah. Is her name? Yeah, that's the. It, I call her mom too because he he falls in love with her. Okay, right? Uh, she, yeah, she's new in town. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ollie's walking through the store. He's checking on the customers. Dad leaves his kid with the ladies. He begins walking through the store. Uh, he comes across neighbor Mister Norton, who's rounded up his own little posse. He's at the other end of the store telling them all they need to keep their wits about them and find out what happened. Yeah. Dad walks in the back of the store where they're keeping all the trash and the generator and it seems to be leaking gas or something. So Pops turns it off, which turns off all the power. He goes to leave and bumps his head, which is pretty funny. Yeah, and in the book, he's it's a narrow area where he's kind of tripping and falling over different items uh bleach falls and stuff so i think they kind of allude to that with him bumping his head and and tripping and having he does slip on something yeah he does slip on something as well um he's not our hero yet although he's the star yeah is he a hero at all we'll get to that (laughs) (laughs) or is he a dumbass also this kid they say to the book this kid sleeps a lot yeah good yeah, and but he wakes up at the worst time. Always. Yeah, he's got impeccable timing. Uh, back in the store, uh, it's Amanda, you said? Yeah, Amanda. is walking around. She's picking up a few items. We hear customers wondering if it's a natural disaster. Awful Miss Carmody, it's Judgment Day, and it's come around at last. There's nothing more obvious or natural than that. The customers are clearly annoyed with her, and so am I. Mm-hmm. 
But wait, after he fell down, you missed that he the door is bulging out, right? Uh, I jump ahead. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that happens yet because yeah, I do have yeah. that in my notes. This is this is why Sean keeps all the good. I'm notes. trying. I this and is why I, I keep the notes, but I don't know the names. And I keep and I keep all the gnarly bits <laughs> because I'm just jumping ahead to the cool parts in my head. Like, oh, well, what about the? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I got to get better with the names. I promise. Sean keeps us, but you keep us on track. We would ten be... episodes in. Ten episodes in, and I don't know characters' names. It's okay. I mean, listen, if it was, <laughs> if this was just me, I'd still be talking about Drew Struzan. <laughs> so it would be, yeah, we'd never get to the movie, so it's okay. Uh, here we go. Here we go. We cut to our dad. He's back. He's in the back of the store. He's walking around in the dark. He hears a noise behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it. It pulls down on the door like a garage door. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it's being pulled up a little bit. Then it appears like it's being pushed in and it gets folded in. Yeah. Like something's on the other side pushing it. Then it starts banging and slamming on the door. So dad runs back into the grocery store. He runs into Ollie and the two scrawny little mechanics. I'm going to get these fuckers' names wrong too. Jim? Jim and Myron? Myron. Hey, uh, mother. Uh, they, Ding, about- they, they didn't insert the sound into this uh, episode when we get the name right. Big, 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 big. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, they were about to check on the generator. Dad's freaking out, asking if they heard that noise. No one has any idea what he's talking about. They all grab flashlights. They head to the back to see what's up. They try the generator. Mad gas is coming out because something is plugging up the exhaust vent. Then we meet our redheaded employee, Norm. You know why I got his name right? Because he's wearing a name tag. Yeah. So are the other two, by the way, Jim and Myram. Bastards. Uh, <laughs> this kid's a legend, Norm. Uh, he was in great movies like Angus, one of my favorite movies as a kid. Oh, yeah? Uh, he was also in Can't Hardly Wait and American Pie. Uh, but Angus is where it's at. One of my favorite Green Day songs on the Angus soundtrack. I'm getting carried away. He's so arrogant. This oh, my God. Yeah, well, this is what it gets you. Yeah. He's like, raise the gate. I'll go out. I'll unclog the exhaust. Yeah. <laughs> Jim and Myron, they want to go out and do it. Dad's like, you can't go out there. This isn't ordinary mist. If you open that door and something gets in here, but they don't care. They don't believe him. Yeah, where where are you at right now, Sean, if you're there? Like, why does everybody want to leave? They're in a grocery store. There's tons of food. Yeah. Why, what is the hurry to leave? Like, I understand, uh, you know, our quote unquote hero and David wants to, well, he seems to want to go get his wife and he seems to not want to go get his wife. (laughs) Um, seems to want to go get someone else's wife. Um, and the the woman with the kids, but like if you're there, let's say you're single or you're with your significant other, what's what's the hurry to go outside? Everybody, everybody wants to get, get, get to their car. They want to get to their own house. Everyone wants to play tough and and be the leader. And like it's so funny because like you know you know that in real life, real world scenario, all of this shit would happen pretty much exactly the way that it went down in the movie, I feel. Yes. Probably yeah. faster than it happened in the movie. Yeah. Because everyone is fucking insane now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think I'd be off on some aisle just eating like hostess 
Oh yeah, every goddamn chocolate. I would get all the host. I would get all the intimate hostess and the cheese balls. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'd probably just quietly align myself for with whatever side seems to be in this. Whoever has a weapon. This very Lord of the Flies kind of place. I would just sort of quietly try to move about from group to group while expiation. Expiation. <laughs> you jumped ahead. <laughs> That's where I'd be. I would. I would become religious so goddamn quick. Would you really? That's oh no! Amazing. I mean, uh, no. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the most unreligious person ever, and I guarantee I'd I'd become Jim or Myron or whichever one of that dude that is. Uh, expiation: the act expiation. of making amends or reparations for guilt or wrongdoing. Atonement. Sean's ready to atone. I'm glad you looked it up. Uh, the guys don't care. They don't believe our dad, Drayton. They, they they haven't heard any noise. They want to go outside. They're telling him, you might be a big shot artist, but that doesn't make you better than any of us. Uh, next time you want to talk, count your teeth because I'm sick of your bullshit. Woo. Yeah, as a full-time to- career artist, I never heard anyone be like, oh, you're a big shot artist. Where does that get you at the grocery store? Nowhere. Uh, they go to start the generator. Uh, they're going to let Norm run outside and unclog the exhaust. They open the door, and there's this great shot of this dense mist Amazing. creeping in under the door. Uh, they're all joking like, oh, look at the scary mist. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of their expressions change. Which brings me to what is one of many... But this is, I'm just calling the first for now, our milking of the alpacas moment. Oh, nice. Yes. There's a lot in this movie, which I think is why I love this movie, because every 10 minutes something happens and you're like, what? A goddamn tentacle, an octopus tentacle flies in through the opening in the door. Mm-hmm. It grabs Norm by the leg and it starts pulling him out the door. Dad grabs him. He asks for help, but Jim and Myron are now too scared to do anything. They were they were big shots a second ago. Yeah, and these tentacles actually have they open up with these teeth and these suckers that are yeah spikes. Yeah, spikes on them, and those guys were so tough, and they just stand there in shock, complete shock. The tentacle lifts off of Norm's leg and tears a chunk of his leg off. Nice. Blood everywhere, guts everywhere. And if that's not gnarly enough, it lays another tentacle on his chest and rips a piece of his chest off. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know what's crazy is they, in the making of, they had made some of these tentacles, like practical effect. And I, and I feel like it would have been better with the made ones this scene this this certainly you know they're they're on a tight super tight budget and they're filming quickly i think if there's one drawback to some of it the the cgi is i think a little bit rough i think but then again it kind of plays into the weirdness of this whole movie and it it is 2007 when it came out so it's not anything that takes me out of it at all um, and I think some of the CGI later in this movie is pretty fantastic for 2007 and the budget they had. So I think it was just kind of here or there. But having seen, I think why it stuck to me is having seen that they built some of these tentacles. I was like, ah, they, you know, maybe they tried it and it didn't work the way they needed it to. 
Uh, my man, little Ollie goes, grabs an ax from the fire safety box. He goes to chop the tentacle, but right as he does, it pulls Norm out the door. But Norm is sitting up when it pulls him out the door and the door is mostly down. So right before he goes out, he smashes his head on the door. It's yeah. very funny for such a rough moment. Yeah. Uh, and in a last ditch effort, he grabs the bottom of the door. He's holding on for dear life. And these other nasty, gnarly looking tentacles begin to like infiltrate this entire area. Uh, we get our last look at Norm, who gets wrapped up in tentacles, reaches out his arm, and he gets sucked into the mist. Mm-hmm. And what did Norm say to David before he first went out into the door? He, tur- he turned away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so now he's he crying for arrogant. his life. Yep. And then that changed quickly. And so were the other guys. They were also super arrogant, making fun of the... See, they never believe us, Sean, the artists. They just make fun of the goofy artist. So he draws things. What does he know? You know, but... They oh, want to play the tough. Like yeah. Ephraim Winslow. <laughs> Speaking of Ephraim Winslow, ah, we'll get to that at the end of the episode. Uh, they close the door, but there's still one massive tentacle under the door trying to pull itself out. Our dad Drayton grabs the axe and chop, chop, chops off a bit of this tentacle. Door closes and our dad's there covered in blood trying to catch his breath. And he looks at Jim and Myron piss and they're like, sorry, how were we supposed to know? <laughs> like he wasn't telling them a second ago. So dad beats the shit out of him. You got that kid killed and I got his fucking blood on me. So cool. Yeah. Uh, Ali and Myron, they pull the guys apart. Jim apologizes. Dad calls them idiots, rightfully. Go back to the front of the store. Not, do not say anything to anybody about what you saw. Uh, Ali tells Dad they have to tell the customers. He's like, no one's going to believe us. What do we say? How do we convince them? What the hell were those tentacles even attached to? Yeah. And you know what's crazy? What were they attached to? Because I don't think we ever see what they were attached to. Don't need to. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Right. We see a lot of stuff soon, but we never actually see ones that are attached to this that would be so low to the ground. And yeah, so it's a things. It's a different, uh, you know, creature than we see than we see later on. Um, I, I have to say too quickly that that this, you know, this being a super Lovecraftian, this story, you know, is Stephen King's probably most Lovecraftian story he ever wrote, um, and also it's the story itself is narrated by uh, David, so um, it, it's a story much like Lovecraft would do of somebody who witnessed something super horrific and unexplainable, and people spiraling into madness on top of it and then throw in the creatures and um you know it it has a different feel than a lot of other stephen king stories um and it's you know just pretty awesome pretty awesome one of my favorite book to movie adaptations Mm. uh the boys head back to the store they try to devise a plan they're in deep shit. They need to tell everyone to figure out a way to stop it from getting in. Jim and Myron are like, how would it get in? Ollie's like, the entire front of the store is glass. Oops. Bomb, bomb, bomb. 
Uh, dad goes over to neighbor Mr. Norton, tries to explain the situation. Mm. Our neighbor Mr. Norton does not understand. Dad brings him over to the guys. They try to confirm the story. Sorry, gentlemen, I'm not that stupid. What do you take me for? I'm shocked you would use this opportunity to make me look like an idiot. Right, and we get our first sort of take of this division, absolutely, and also this initial division, which is the out-of-towners versus the people who live there year-round. So Norton lives somewhere else, New York, I think, maybe, and comes there weekend, summertime, and... um so we're dividing right now naturally on those lines a little bit and we'll divide further as it goes along. But um, yeah, and then they have history. And I think, you know, Norton, right? They were trying to bond and now Norton feels a little bit betrayed by him. Uh, but it, like that's not what's going on. Come to the back of the loading dock. We'll show you the blood and the chunk of tentacle. And Mr. Norton's like, no, we got real problems to deal with here. And this pathetic attempt at a joke has gone far enough. Ollie's like, why would we be joking? And he's pissed. He's like, it's payback for the lawsuit he filed last year against our dad, David Drayton. It is an elaborate, elaborate joke, Sean. It's a little involved. I mean, you could go to the back to check out the thing. And if they laugh at you, punch them in the face. Like, yeah. They got trapped in this grocery store, and in the meantime, they concocted this plan that they would tell him that there was tentacled monsters out there that are eating people. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't believe. I think I would have just went and looked. Yeah, take a gander. Uh, you know, they're they're trying to assure him that's not what's happening. Uh, he he hears them all the time talking behind his back, essentially telling them they're all like racists who stick together. Uh, he says he actually thought David was being kind to him today. Uh, but then he's like, I'm glad my tree fell on your boathouse. David tries to pull him in the back, show him the tentacle. Mr. Norton shoves him off. He's like, I'll sue you again. Uh, he says, David's crazy. Mm. Little Ali comes up. He says, I wish he was, but he isn't. And then he announces to the whole store, listen up. <laughs> but wait, 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 wait. Here comes supermarket manager. <laughs> Ollie, are you drinking on the job? Do you want me to report this? I'm going to start taking down names, starting with you, sir. And he points at dad, David Drayton. Mm-hmm. Now he thinks he's in charge, this little prick. He's the authority here. Yeah, and in the book, they make him even worse. At Oof. one point early on, he he grabs the female cashier and like by her, her out shirt or something and pulls her back. So they lightened it up a little bit on here, but he's clearly a jerk. He's a prick. My man, my man little Ollie goes, write down your names, but for now, shut the fuck up and listen. Hell yeah. Dunking <laughs> on him, Ollie. He tells everyone, listen to David. David says, I don't know what this mist is, but there are things in it and they are dangerous. Dave tells him what just happened to Norm. Something came out of the mist and took him, killed him, dragged him off, and all we saw were tentacles. Everyone's shocked. The manager and Mr. Morton are laughing. I love uh, Mr. Norton. I love Mr. Norton's reaction. Tentacles, huh? From Planet X. <laughs> Planet X is where uh, King Ghidorah came from in Godzilla. <laughs> A few people say it's bullshit. Dave's like, go look. Uh, he brings him the tentacle. They poke it with a stick. It starts hopping and jumping around. Practical effects here. Yes. I would Even think though so. the rest was computer. 
uh, a piece of it and then i think it goes back to computer and then it begins to rot and sizzle and it like melts and then it goes back to like cgi uh, and then it turns into this puddle of like black goo, like from Prometheus. Well, glad that glad they brought him. Oh yeah, Prometheus black goo. I'm glad they brought him back there. Then, at really least somebody have, saw it. They would have nobody believing him at that point. Uh, and then Mister Mister Manager walks out and says, "It appears we may have a problem of some magnitude here." <laughs> Woo! I, I love that. That right now, before Miss Carmony really goes off. Um, people are just sort of almost falling in line of like, oh, well, the guy's a supermarket manager, so let's listen to him. They're all crowded around. Like it's, yeah, for a minute or two, he's got this moment of glory for himself that he, he just because he happens to manage the, that, you know, food house, he, he, he knows everything. I love what happens to him later. I love what happens to him later. Uh, we cut to everyone loading up huge bags of dog food and soil in front of the windows. They're taping up the cracks. Awful Miss Carmody's praying. Let me help these people. Let me preach your word. Let me shine your light. They're not all bad. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I will earn my place at your side. Just going on and on. She is the worst. Uh, Amanda interrupts her. We find out Miss Carmody's praying in the toilet stall. Mm. Uh, Amanda needs to use the potty. She tells her it's okay to be scared. If she needs a friend, she can talk to her. Miss Carmody goes, the day I need a friend like you, I'll squat over and shit one out. <laughs> she's she's golden in the book she's older um and she owns like an antique shop um and we get into her the way she refers to Amanda later on um but she owns this antique shop but she's also known this is such a bizarre thing she's also known to have an elixir if you're having a problem in bed and in the book, it says that will put the Ram back in your rod. <laughs> so it's Carmody is kind of, is she all... still this religious in the book? Yes. But I and think it's elixirs of... to make you. Yeah. Bang rock yeah, hard? yeah. Okay. But uh... <laughs> that was a great line. Uh, we got Mr. Norton screaming in the middle of the store that they're lying about everything. Ollie's like, denial is a powerful thing. Also, uh, looking at Ms. Carmody, and now we get both of these fools, Ms. Carmody and Mr. Norton going at it. Mm-hmm. Mr. Norton's a lawyer, off of Ms. Carmody, saying, there's no defense against the will of God. Mm-hmm. There's no court of appeals in hell. Mr. Norton's like, those who want to find a means of rescue, join me. He's forming his own team. This other crazy bitch is forming her own little religious team. She pulls out her Bible, starts spewing her religious jargon, loud and annoying, telling him it's the end. Prepare to meet your maker. The end of times has come, not in flames, mm. but in mist. And and they're piling all that stuff on the uh, by the windows in the book. It's all the way up to the top, and they leave what they call like five, you know, portholes for them to like look out. This this kind of stops, and we have that situation where there's glass above it, which creates other problems. Uh, Jim's annoyed as hell with her. He's ready to kick Miss Carmody's ass. Myron holds him back. She's spewing her religious jargon. A monstrosity pulled that boy away. Do you doubt? Then walk. Go into the mist. Mm-hmm. Customers yell. Tell her she's scaring the children. This piece of crap, Miss Carmody goes, oh, yes, they should be scared. 
She looks down at this little child right in her eyes while holding her chin. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, like the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, but who lets also that lady, like who lets some crazy stranger just touch the chin of your child twice? She does it twice. Your beautiful, pure minds have been corrupted with lies. All this talk of God, he is stern and vengeful, and now he demands retribution in blood. Mm. Uh, she starts annoyingly going off into this religious speech. It makes my blood boil. This character is so good. It bothers me in such a way that nothing has ever bothered me before. <laughs> she starts talking about sacrificing the children to prove their love to God. Yeah, here we go. On top of that, I hate the way she says God. Mm -hmm. She doesn't say God. She says God. <laughs> Always. Her whole jaw shifts and it 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 festers in me. Oh. Only by believing in God. <laughs> she is the worst. Uh, thankfully, Amanda walks right up to awful Miss Carradine and slaps her right in her stupid mouth and shuts her up. Yeah. Miss Carmody shows her blood to everyone. Uh, our, a small deposit. Yeah. And, and Jim goes, oh, I, I I can't smack her, but it's okay for you to do it? That's yeah. <laughs> and in the book, when, when this happens, she gets this blood gets on like her hand. So it's almost like a stigmata. Oh, right? God. Yeah. yeah. We sort of leading to this. We get that. We get that. Yeah, we do get that. We get that. Yeah. We get that. Yep. Um, Awful Miss Carmody begins telling them she knows what is going to happen. And when it does, they will all cry to God and <laughs> beg her to show them the way. You got me sitting up straight for that impression, Sean. I'm here oh, my you. God. It is so... I hated her the first time I saw this movie. And every time I see it, it makes it... It's even more... <laughs> Uh, my man, we gotta Audie get book. you an action figure. Do they, yeah, make... yeah, or a cardboard cutout of Miss Carmody? Do they make a Carmody action figure? Comes and she's a nice, attractive looking lady. If she was just a nicer human being, she wouldn't be the fucking ugliest person on the planet, right? And she's seizing the moment, right? So she came in annoyed by everybody, she wasn't looking to lead anybody, and you just see her change as it goes along, like. There's a vacuum of power here, and I'm going to jump into that situation. But my man, little Ollie, says, uh, you can do what you want, but just keep your mouth shut. I'm going to wrap this electrical tape around it. <laughs> he rules. Uh, while this is happening, uh, David Drayton's kid is looking over at the army guys in the corner talking to each other. All from this Carmody turns to Amanda and is like, bitch, hit me again if you dare. <laughs> little uh, Ollie little tells the rest of the story. Miss Carmody is known in town for being unstable. What is that one guy say? I forget what he says. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> David's kid walks over to the army guys. Why aren't your friends coming to save us? They got tanks and stuff, right? Can't you call them? Nope. All the phones are down. <laughs> you think that's how it works in war? We need help. Oh, we got no phone. So. Yeah. Oh, well. Sorry about that. Well, these guys were looking. <laughs> these guys were looking to bail anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, David comes over. He asks the army guys to help with the dog food for it. Yeah, why aren't they helping? They were so close to being out, and now they just they want Miss Carmody do it. I know, but they went through boot camp. Yeah, you should be yeah. right over there. You like, should have better manners. Yeah, help out. Uh, David Drayton, his kid, he says he doesn't like Miss Carmody. Nobody does. He asks Dad if he thinks Mom's okay. Yeah, Dad promises he'll get get. I'll get you back to Mother. It's the first time, really, that mom is 
mentioned. Mm. Yeah. And and it gets interesting for for David in the movie as well. In the book, it gets deeper. Wait till I tell you what happens in the book with them. But uh, yeah. Uh, we cut to them walking back to the front of the store and they're devising some new ideas for weapons. Torches out of mops. They Smart. Ask, yeah. They ask, well, <laughs> until it's executed. Yeah. They well. ask if there's a gun in the store. The manager's like, no, this isn't Los Angeles. Yeah. Got the customer says, I got a shotgun in my truck. I can make a run for it. But Daddy Drayton doesn't think that's a good idea. Amanda pulls a gun out of her bag. The guy's like, it's no good without the bullets. Uh, and then she pulls out the bullets. Does anybody know how to use this gun? Mm. My man, Lil Ollie does. Oh, yeah. The manager doesn't want to hear it. Pfft, Ollie, please. Don't underestimate my man, Ollie. He takes the little gun, the little bullet thing. He does the little thing. And then with one hand, slaps that bitch shut. I, I think I think Ollie, like, that manager must have picked on him a lot. Oh, right. Ollie was way. This is his Stone Cold Vince McMahon ass whooping time. Definitely, he was waiting for this moment forever. And I think, <laughs> what person isn't waiting for this? I moment? think he. I think he when he was at the range shooting, he was probably thinking thinking of the picture of his boss on the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thinking of the manager the whole time. He's he's ready. My man Ollie was the target shooting champ of nineteen. And I will say this: he is the hero of this movie. Hundred percent. Right? It's 100%. not Thomas Jane. It's not David Drayton. It's Ollie. Hell yeah. My man. Uh, he says he was target shooting champ of 1994. We cut to ang- angry Mr. Norton pushing his way out of the store. We're leaving. I've had it. I'm not staying. We are experiencing a natural disaster. Certainly not supernatural. Mm-hmm. You sure about that? Hmm. We need to what? seek rescue. We're going out. Why does why does anyone else in the store care when other people leave? I mean, they don't want to draw attention to themselves. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. I mean, for their well being, you know, they David uh, Drayton knows there's something out there. He doesn't want stupid Norton to go out there and die. Uh, but Norton's like, yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. got their. I'd be, you wouldn't see me. I'd be in aisle eight eating hostess cakes. Go, go. I'd pop up with a mouthful of food. I'd be like, we're supposed to ration this, you asshole. Let him, let him go. (laughs) More Twinkies for me. (laughs) Uh, So David asked Mr. Norton, tie this rope around your waist so we know you get 300 feet out the door. But before Norton does it, this biker dude's like, I'll do it. I'll go get the shotgun and the shells out of the guy's pickup. So the guy's like, oh, man, you got brass balls. Mm-hmm. They wrap him up with the thing. Ali gives give the guy a little knife, and the biker pulls out this massive crocodile Dundee knife. Yeah, that's not a knife. This uh, is- <laughs> <laughs> uh, David goes up to Mr. Norton. You sure I can't talk you out of going? David, there's nothing out there. Nothing in the mist. Whew, you sure about that? David goes, what if you're wrong? then I guess the joke will be on me. Oh. <laughs> You're that diehard with your morals. Not yeah, and when they walk out into the mist, they like, if you look at the way they walk, they're like strolling. The biker guy kind of goes out real tense. They're just kind of strolling off into the mist. Norton's like, we'll send back help. <laughs> off of Miss Carmody has to get the last word in. You'll die out there, all of you. <laughs> That's her send off. That's her goodbye. Yeah, good luck. 
piece of trash. <laughs> Norton walks out a few feet into the mist. Nothing happens. He laughs to himself. Our biker in the store is telling awful Miss Carmody, hey, crazy lady. He calls her crazy lady. I love it. I believe in God, too. I just don't think he's the bloodthirsty asshole you make him out to be. Yeah. Clearly, that's a, a great line in the, in the movie. She goes, right? you could take that up with the devil when you run into him. You could chat over it at your leisure. Mm. Uh, her face here, when she says this line, her eyes are like blinking in the back of her head. And she's got this like, like this awful devil smile, like the mm-hmm. Joker. Yeah, she's she's kind of like this is an amazing job. Um, she's transforming. She's preaching about God, but she looks like Satan. Yes, she plays this character flawlessly. I hope she got an award for this. Sure, we'll, she get, did. we'll give her one when we open the yeah, Madness yeah, award. yeah, a most hated but I love you character award. Damn you. Thank you, Marsha Gay Harden. Yeah, my God. Like, nobody, no character has been played better. We want to talk about Ledger Joker. I'm talking about Miss Carmody the Mist. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Norton and his crew walk off into the mist, as does our biker with the rope tied around him. The rope is tight. The customers are holding it as the biker's walking further away. And then the rope drops dead on the floor. Holy shit. It begins slowly pulling and then quickly zip. It burns all their hands as they're holding the rope. It begins flying out the door. Everyone starts screaming and then it stops. And then it begins pulling all three of the dudes holding it out the door. Yeah. Where (laughs) is this strength coming from? What the hell is attached to the other side of this thing? Then we get this awesome shot, Dave doing the tug of war with the rope. He's pulling. Then the rope goes all the way in the air, like something's holding it way high up in the air. Then all the slack gets cut out of the line, and all the guys fall back on the floor. They begin pulling the rope back in, which brings me to our second milking of the alpacas moment wow this movie has is this is the first one with more than one of those i i couldn't help myself i usually like to keep it at one and i'm going to tend to keep it at one but this movie gets crazier every 10 minutes the rope comes back and it is covered with blood the string is leaving these cool like blood trails all over the door as it touches the door Mm -hmm. and the walls and the floor everyone in the store starts freaking out at the sight of the blood We get the shot outside, they're pulling, and it's the goddamn lower half of the biker only. Ah, brutal. And and in the book, it's just um, the bloody rope that's frayed at the end. So this this is added for the movie. Everything, guts, blood, everyone starts freaking the hell out. So goddamn cool. They cut the rope, they shut the door off of Miss Carmody. Now do you see? Now do you believe? Mm fade to black quickly you cut to uh, david jim and myra and ollie in the back of the store setting up some floodlights it'll be good to have them in case something gets in the store yeah and and i love these fades they're almost the the novella is split up into 10 chapters with these long titles and i feel like these fades i don't know how many they are i should have actually counted them if it's 10 but 
Um, and it's episode 10. Whoa. (laughs) But it's just a cool way to go to a different spot. We get a passage of time that way. I think it, this whole supermarket stuff in the book lasts only like four days, I think. Um, which seems a kind of right when you watch this. It seems like it's very quick. Uh, let me cut to our girl Sally. Do I get Sally's name right? Whatever, the counter girl. She's yeah. putting her stuff in her in her work locker. She slams it closed, and there's Billy. Do is Billy's name right? Do I have Billy? <laughs> He's one of the army guys. One of the army guys is there. You just say cashier and army guy. Yeah, cashier and the lead army guy. Uh, They have a thing going on. Uh, He's standing there. He scares the crap out of her. They talk about their parents. They hope they're alive. She asks when he's shipping out uh, a couple of weeks. Why'd you never ask me out? They flirt. They kiss. They're getting it on. She stops. They just hang out together. They keep each other company. My least favorite part of the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's lovey-dovey. Come on, let's go. (laughs) We cut to my man, Lil Ollie, in the front of the store looking through the dog food fort. The lamps in the parking lot are on. Next to him, there's a dude eating a piece of chicken. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to my third milking of the alpacas moment. What? A huge fly slams against the window, making this loud thump, scaring the crap out of everyone, including me. This crazy flying bug lands on the window. That that chicken, right? They mentioned, oh, come on, we're gonna start the grill, the gas grill and cook chicken for everybody. They mentioned it kind of earlier earlier on. Yeah, and we get this the first real shot of a of a creature. I think it in the book, they're maybe a little more pinkish, I think these are, but they're they're pretty gnarly looking. David shines his flashlight on it. We get a crystal clear look at this thing. It's like a dragonfly, except it also looks like it's high on crack, and it looks to be about three to four feet long with an enormous stinger at the end. <laughs> Everyone in the store can see it. Then another one pops up. Then another one and another one. There is a whole swarm of these fuckers. Yeah, let's keep shining our lights out the window <laughs> and attracting the flying bugs. Awfulness Carmody, the locusts came onto the earth. Yeah. Wow, look at those stingers. Dear God. Hmm. David shines a bright ass light outside and we see a bunch of these things. And then out of nowhere, a bigger pterodactyl like creature swoops out of the goddamn sky and grabs one of these gargantuan flies off the glass and everyone starts losing their frigging mind. Yeah, so we're getting a life cycle right now. Yep. Then another one begins crashing into the glass and cracks it open. My man Ali, of course, realizes that they are attracted to the light. They start turning off all the lights in the store, but Jim and Myron are turning on all of the other lights in the store. Awful Miss Carmody starts going into her biblical jargon again, talking about God's wrath and such. <laughs> These pterodactyly birds keep slamming into the glass, cracking it more and more, and smash. One gets through into the store. Uh-oh. Now they all get through. The bugs, the pterodactyls. It's all out madness in the store. (laughs) Amanda smacks one with a rake, crushes it. But Sally, oh, Sally the register girl. Bug lands on her shoulder. Stinger in the neck. Ooh. ooh, ooh, 
she was she was looking to suck face in the back and now dead she did but with a bug oh she got yeah the hickey that won't ever go away (laughs) there's all out madness in the store they light a mop on fire as a torch this pterodactyl thing is ripping away at this dude's neck david drayton lights it on fire Sally's stinger wound becomes engorged. This super gross, amazing practical effect they used is so gnarly. Yeah. She's dead, done, gone, donezo. Bye. Rest in peace, Sally. Cut to some schmuck dude trying to light up another mop. Here we go. Backfire. Trips on the bucket of gas, and the lit mop drops in the gas that's everywhere. Boom. Now the guy's on fire. The store is on fire. There's bugs and pterodactyls flying around the store. What in the goddamn absolute hell is going on? <laughs> and that guy never paid attention in school because stop, drop, and roll should have been right in his mind. He just did the just... first two. He just did the first two. He yeah. Forgot about the last part. <laughs> He's spinning around, falling into things, and oh, brutal. One of these disgusting giant bugs flies right onto awful Miss Carmody. And you're like, you're ready to jump out of your seat. You're waiting. You're waiting. And of course, of course, it doesn't do anything. Yes. And this this moment here, as bug baby Jesus is crawling up from her belly, puts her in the position she's in for the rest of the movie. She believes now she is the chosen one. Right. An amazing job, too, by, uh, you know, the actress, because that's all CGI. So when they they show it being filmed, she's just standing there and they have a fan just kind of moving her hair. And she has to, you know, I'm sure they showed pictures, but it's got to imagine and have this moment that she has without anything right there for her even to see. Amazing. She's the best and the worst. <laughs> we get one of these pterodactyl things, lands on the table, it grabs itself a little free sample. My man Ollie sees it, he lines up his shot, pops it, but it's still alive. He's running down the aisle, right down to David Drayton's kid. He stares him right in the face, it screams. But then David grabs his kid, he pulls it out of the way. My man Ollie takes his shot, pop, right in the head, kills it. My hero, Ollie, love you. Cut to the aftermath. People are injured, patching up the holes. We get another look at uh, Sally. She's all sorts of messed up, dead on the floor. Here comes Miss Carmody with her followers. Yeah. And the lady's like, she was right. She said they would come at night. She told us people would die. Ugh, the worst. Uh, We cut the shot outside of the store, and there's the bottom half of the biker. And he gets pulled away. Yeah, somebody's getting a snack. Uh-huh. Like something up, snatches it out and eats it. Back inside the store, we get this brutal scene of this dude who got lit on fire. He's laying in the back room. He's burnt up. He's in horrible pain. He's begging for them to kill him. Uh, we find out one of the ladies in the store also took a bottle of pills, took her own life. Dave meets up with Ollie and the boys in the front of the store, figuring out how to get meds for the burnt up guy. But before, Sean, before we get to... Yep. Before we get to the burnt up guy in the back, yeah, we get when Amanda becomes mom too. Okay, yeah, she's there. 
Billy's there. She's rubbing her fingers through his hair. This is right. David has forgotten. I think that he has to go back and catch his wife and is, I think is, is smitten by Amanda in, in the book. He has sex with her. He can't wait to get away from his kid. That's for damn sure. Yeah. And, and Carmody refers to her as a whore. Um, and says, I know what you guys did in the back, but there's a scene where they steal a moment away. Um, all of that I think is like, so, so bizarre. I, I thought in the beginning he was crazy in love with his wife and he's, they got this awesome house and he's painting these posters and they're hanging out with the son and, and, and he's just like, Oh, well, I guess, you know, she's gone and look at blue eyes over here, green eyes, whatever. Banging and, in the grocery store. Yeah. And my kid's here. Yeah, here, hold my kid for a little bit. He's sleeping again. Can you hold him while he sleeps? Fucking kid's a narcoleptic. (laughs) Uh, David also wants to get the hell out of the store permanently. Amanda is not stoked about this idea. Uh, He wants to get in his car. He wants to drive as far south as the gas tank will take them. She's like, the mist might be covering the entire eastern seaboard. It might be the entire world for all we know, but we still need to go. Uh, he has another concern. Awful Miss Carmody, our very own Jim Jones. Yeah. I want to leave before people start drinking the Kool-Aid. Amanda's like, people are not that dumb. David's like, she's out there preaching right now. I count four people. By this evening, she'll have an entire congregation, and we'll have to worry about who she's going to sacrifice to make it all better. Amanda's pissed. They have no faith in humanity. We're a civilized society. Are you sure about that? Nope. <clears throat> they nope. Like and, not when there's no rules. And again, this is another movie, Sean. Did you seeing this recently as opposed to seeing it back in the day when you saw it? It rings different. Right, it continues to grow, continues to be. You're just like, wow, that does happen. We've all I, gone through periods of time where that does happen. I never had faith in humanity ever. So when this happened, I really wasn't that surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I've never. I've always suspected that everyone would turn on everybody immediately. Yeah, no, I never had faith in humanity ever. There's never. the soundbite for this episode. No, yeah, I don't. I don't. I know within an instant, everyone, it'll be, it will be, you will, everyone will be turning against each other. Zombie situation, COVID situation, whatever. We will all fucking crumble. There will be no togetherness or unity. There won't be the rise of the machines, Terminator. Like, it, it, I, I would like that. That'd be a perfect world. But no, it would be the supermarket <laughs> in the mist, I think. Uh. All the guys agree that Miss Carmody's crazy and that the people will turn to whoever will offer them hope. My man Ali goes, as a species, we're fundamentally insane. If there's enough of us in a room, we start splitting off into groups and figuring out ways to kill each other. Why do you think they invented politics and religion? Mm -hmm. I'm Ali. He's the most put together out of everyone in this goddamn movie. (laughs) David's like, first, they got to go to the pharmacy. They got to get the meds for this burnt dude. He's telling his kid who's crying his little eyes out and begging his dad not to leave. Dad could care less. Dad has to be Captain America. I'll get you a comic book. He has to get this guy his meds. 
He tells everyone the story. He's going next door to, for supplies and to help anyone who's over there and who may need it to bring them back. Uh-oh. Miss Carmody ain't having none of that shit. Neither are her followers. You will not bring the hounds of hell down on our heads. She starts preaching her followers, making all her religious garbage. And the old teacher lady, I don't remember her name, takes a can of peas and she chucks it and hits awful Miss Carmody right in the face. Mm. Shining moment. She's like, stoning people is perfectly okay. It's in the Bible. And I got a lot of peas. <laughs> She's the best. The guys rally up. They're heading out into the mist. They go to the pharmacy. It's dead quiet. Super tense. <laughs> and stupid Jim kicks a shelf as loud as hell and scares the crap out of everybody. Yeah. They also like, he's like, we're going to leave here and like be single file. Or something. He says something like that, David. And, and they just all kind of walk out. There's no... It's just like, yeah, whatever. We'll yeah. The whole pharmacy is webbed up. They hear a noise, like bug noises. Now this entire scene gets absolutely batshit crazy. Jim shines his flashlight up to the ceiling. Oh, God, no. There's bodies. They're webbed to the ceiling. Cool. Jim is backing up, saying with dread, oh, God, oh, God. And he backs up to a body webbed against the wall, and it grabs him. Mm. Oh, shit. It's the army dude from the beginning who said he's going next door to the pharmacy. While he's up there, he's screaming. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's all our fault. Whoa, what? Yeah. They try pulling him <laughs> off the wall. And then we see all these lumps all over his body. And he's like, I can feel them. Woo. A small baby bug bursts out of his face. Immediately followed by this gigantic cracked out spider jumping out right next to Jim, who screams his little heart out, doing nothing till my man Ollie comes through and shoots the spider. My hero. <laughs> then we find out there's more spiders. They're shooting webs. They hit the ground. And just like Alien, your favorite, these webs burn like acid. Yeah, they got acid webs. It just keeps getting worse by the second. But the guys are dodging these acid webs. Neo in the Matrix style. Yeah, there's a little Matrix web, web moment going on here. They're taking axes to these huge ass spiders. Uh, but one shoots a uh, web on this dude's leg and his pant leg melts off mm -hmm. screaming bloody murder. The guys are trying to save him. They tie a tourniquet around his leg. Uh, while this is happening, Jim's looking at the army guy still webbed to the wall with the bug that popped out of his face and he's screaming bloody murder. The guy falls off the wall, lands on the floor. His back explodes open and a million little bugs begin crawling out of his body. Yeah. This is like the fifth milking of the alpacas. It's insane how every moment in this movie just gets more batshit crazy. What in the goddamn hell is going on? Everyone freaks out. They run the hell out of the store. Uh, not before the old teacher lady gets confronted by a giant cracked out spider. Mm -hmm. She's got her bug spray and her lighter, and she lights that bitch up. And you know, you know, in the making of this, they show her practicing that. 
Like she did that like on set or so. No stunt woman for that. No, no, no stunt woman. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Right as they go to exit, an even bigger spider stops them. Ali goes to shoot it, but he's out of ammo. So one of the other guys takes his broken broom handle and jams it into the spider's skull and they run out. Mm-hmm. And, and and when they're in the store, there's the there's the comic books there, and he gets the comic book for his son, and it's um there's a Hellboy comic there, and under that comic, when he grabs it, is Thomas Jane had his own comic called Bad Planet, and get this, the comic featured a plague of intergalactic death spiders. Yes, it did. Amazing. Yeah, that was. Would a fun you look one. at that? That's a fun gnarly bit. Uh, we find out what the dude who got his leg burnt off. He's dead. They leave him there. They run out, and there's this great shot of these big spiders and baby spiders that just like engulf this dude's body. Yeah. We cut back to the supermarket. It's dead silent. Everyone's looking out the window, wondering, unsure what's happening. And boom! Here comes Jim, banging on the glass, screaming, "Ah!" The whole crew crew barrels into the store. They're freaking out. Jim's screaming, they're dead. They're all dead. And there she is, awful Miss Carmody, waiting to move her chest pawn. Mm -hmm. She's preaching to her congregation, spewing her religious garbage. Of course, the whole store pretty much is now into it. She's got everyone believing she has a direct link to God. (laughs) David's small group says they want to leave. David's not ready to leave after what happened Ali's like you may want to reconsider and there's awful Miss Carmody expiation with the whole group Mm. there's Jim who was with David Drayton's crew he is now crossed over to Miss Carmody's crew so is that you Sean I did I would love again I have no faith in humanity I have no faith in myself I, I I would be like, no, let's get out of this store. Let's get away. But then who knows? If if I saw giant spiders, I'd just be expiation. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I would love you, you know, you always you always think you're hot shit till you put with your back against the wall. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh Ali goes, Welcome to Sesame Street. Today's word is expiation. <laughs> Dave has got his crew all ready to sneak out and leave before awful Miss Carmody's group turns on them and kills them all. David wants to talk to the soldiers. The dude said he was sorry and it was their fault, the guy who was on the wall, mm-hmm. when he was webbed up in the pharmacy. The guys surround the army kid. What do you know about this mist? I don't know. Where are your buddies? I don't know that either. They make him go in the back room to find him in the back of the store. Stupid Jim sees them sneaking back there, and he gets this look in his eye. He's going to rat them all out, little shit. Dave's crew is in the back. They're looking for the other army guys. Amanda finds them both. Uh-oh. Brutal. They hung themselves. Yeah. The lead army guy's like, I didn't think they'd do it. They said they'd do it, but I didn't think they'd do it. David gets right in his face. Is this the Arrowhead Project? This mist, it's a military fuck-up. What were you guys messing with? And boom, there's stupid Jim the Rat Trader. (laughs) Grabs the army guy. We got you now. 
drags him out to the congregation. It was him who brought the wrath upon us. All right, this poor, he's just a private probably, right? Mm-hmm. Like he isn't, these guys aren't in charge of anything. Yep. They know nothing. The two peckerwoods he was with hung themselves. They knew it all along, and so did you. And then he points to David Drayton's whole crew. You knew about all the secret shit up on the mountain, what brung down the wrath of God on us? Off of this Carmody walks up to the soldier, and he breaks. It wasn't me. I'm just stationed up there. I'm not responsible. Off of this Carmody grabs him by the throat, says, stop lying or she'll cut his tongue out. I heard stuff. There were other dimensions, other worlds all around us. They wanted to make a window to look through and see on the other side. Hmm. Awful Miss Carmody goes, your window was a door. And, and Sean, we essentially right now get Stranger Things. There's a dimension. They got the door. It opens up. The mist can very much be the upside down. The guys who made that are very much into, you know, 80s movies and older horror movies and stories and this the mist story came out in the 80s um but this is this is essentially stranger things in a lot of ways and what i love is that you don't see the window or the door like you don't see like the the portal they they just speak of it like and i love i've always wanted to see like i love the mystery of like what is the door what is the window but they don't they never give you that Right. I, I think, too, when we get to the end, we're almost there. But when we get to the end, like, post this movie, like, what's going on? And we'll we'll talk about it when we get to the end. But The army guy's like, it's not me. It's the scientist. They must have ripped open a hole and that world came through to ours. It ain't my fault. Yeah. Miss Carmody. Uh, ain't his fault. Ain't nothing ever anybody's fault. He denies it. He's Judas. And she goes off on this whole rant about how this is punishment from God for splitting his atoms, for stem cells and abortions. Now judgment is being brought down upon us, and it is his fault and points at the army guy. Everyone's Mm -hmm. getting riled up, pushing the army guy around punching him in the face and here comes the butcher stabs him three times with a knife his bitch harmony feed him to the beast let the abomination smell his blood everything she says should be an intro to a metal song (laughs) Uh, they carry this army dude out of the story screaming it is super disturbing they throw him right out the door. He's fighting to stay in. He's holding on to the top of the door as they're throwing him out. I wrote in my notes exactly what would happen in real life because people are awful. <laughs> He's out in the mist. He's screaming to get back in. <laughs> and we get what I'm calling another milking of the alpaca. Oh, wait. You can't have that many in one this giant monstrous crab creature bigger than the supermarket walks through the mist and grabs this army dude away and all that's left is his bloody ass handprint on the door yeah it's a very cool shot and and you know me and minutia but in this scene (laughs) there no i don't know you and minutia what's you and (laughs) minutia 
and my little tidbits and facts and stuff. But to the left of Mrs. Carmody, when she's talking to them, there's a guy, there's an old guy there with a gray beard, and he's mouthing her words as she's talking. She says, You mock our lifestyle, and you see him say the word lifestyle along with her almost simultaneously. And and you see him mumbling too later on along with it. And I'm like, either this guy, this extra in this movie, they filmed this so many times that he just inadvertently said the line as well. Or he's supposed to be crazy. Or I, I'm not really sure. Or he's he, just a bad actor and he's accidentally mouthing other people. Yeah, like he's lines. getting so into it that he's saying her lines. But I'd like to think she has him possessed. Or he's possessed. So when she says, when you watch it again, you mock our lifestyle. He says the word lifestyle. You see him mouthing it like along with it. I love your minutia. <laughs> Awful Miss Carmody goes, the beast will leave us for tonight. Tomorrow we'll have to wait and see. Dave and his kid, uh, they're trying to sleep. Great moment where his kid makes some promise. You'll never let the monsters get me ever. Sure, you got it. Whatever you say, Buster. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, mom, too, is going to hang out with you for a little while, but, you know, you'll be okay. David cries. They pass out. Amanda wakes him up, lets him know it's time. They're bailing. They got food packed. They're ready to go. They get to the front of the store. The food is gone. And who's got it? Awful Miss Carmody. (laughs) Sitting in the chair, twirling a knife. Stealing food now? I hate her so much. Yeah, and why is it stealing food? Everybody in that store is just eating whatever's there. I mean, it's listen, you're you're hitting a moment. If you think if she really thinks it's end times, what do you care whether somebody's having a turkey Dave, sandwich or not? Dave is like, we're leaving. She goes, I won't allow it. It's against God's will. <laughs> I am his vessel. I'm just seething with rage at this point. Uh, hmm. I hate the way she says God. I can it is it. It makes me sick to my stomach. She's still going. She's riling up this entire store full of mindless idiots telling them their blood must be shed. But not anyone's blood. We want the boy. David's son, she's yelling. Here we go. Grab the whore, too. Kill them all. Pop. Gunshot. Awful Miss Carmody's drinking a bottle of milk. The glass shatters in her hand and she buckles over. And she stole that milk. She didn't buy that milk. God told God told her to do it. Ali shot Miss Carmody. He's standing there with the gun smoking. He puts another one right in her head. <laughs> Miss Carmody is dead. Ali goes, I killed her. David goes, thank you, Ali. And you know what's interesting? We'll get to the end. We've done a good job about not revealing the ending, even though people probably have seen this. But uh, that extra shot to the head that he gives her really proves to be very interesting later on. He didn't need he, just one extra bullet in that gun. Oh. <laughs> Like, Ollie didn't need to do that. He ever shot at a gut. She was going to die. They couldn't That's help her. That's Miss Carmody's payback, you think? Yeah. Well, it's also to, uh, I think at that moment, Ollie is, he's our hero in a lot of ways. But I think he's given in 
to anger, right? Because she's going to be dead anyway. And then he takes that extra shot, which he didn't need to. It's like kicking, kicking the corpse or something. It doesn't need to happen. So he's given in to all of this moment too. And, and that proves to have a lasting effect on, on the rest of the people. You don't say. They bail. They're running out the store. Get the great shot of awful Miss Carmody on the floor in the Jesus Christ pose with the bullet in her head. Yeah. David's crew's running out the par- through the parking lot. They get to David's car. Ollie opens all the doors. He looks back. The crew, he's stoked. He's smiling. They're all running to him. And they stop. Ollie looks behind him, and there's a giant monster crab thing. Mm-hmm. We don't get a good shot of it because it's covered in the mist. It's awesome. That looks so awesome. It picks up my man, Ollie, and he goes out having a hero's death. He gets ripped in half. Yeah. The gun drops on the hood of David's car. The remainder of the crew gets in the car. They close all the doors. And then we see all the poor bastards who ran away in the wrong direction in the mist, getting killed by spiders, acid webs. They're about to drive away, but David's got to grab the gun off the hood of the car. Good thing he grabbed it, am I right? Mm. Our survivors head out into the mist. David, his son, Amanda, the old lady, and the first guy who ran into the store in the beginning with his nose bleeding. Yeah, we call him old man number one. Old man number one. (laughs) We get this awesome, heartbreaking sequence. This music is playing. If I could find this music. I'm going to yes. put it on the In Madness playlist on Spotify. It is gut-wrenching. Well, it's on Spotify. Okay. On the soundtrack. So Okay, yeah. I'm there. definitely going to add it. It is so good. It's this heartbreaking singing. David's car is slowly driving past the supermarket. You see all the people in the market see that he made it to his car, and he's getting out of there watching him drive away. Then we get the shot of the supermarket manager. Right, because he, he ran back in. He left with David's crew. All he wanted to do was get away from these religious freaks. He got lost in the mist, couldn't find the car, and now he is back inside the store with these religious psychos. However, looking back on things, maybe he ended up with the better part of the deal. Yeah, I think so. David drives off into the mist. He passes his house. There's webs everywhere. That's not heartbreaking enough. You say there's his wife webbed to the house. Wow. He has a quick moment. Then he gets the hell out of there. Yeah. And then, and he's there for a few seconds or whatever, but yeah. About to drive as far as the fuel is going to take him. That's not heartbreaking enough. Drives past a school bus inside the bus webbed up kid. Mm Mm-hmm. And the car comes to a stop, begins shaking, jumping. They look up and God damn it. One of the coolest monsters I have ever seen in a movie. It's walking past the car. It's this enormous monster. It's taller than Manhattan skyscraper. It looks like one of them Star Wars machines. I don't know what it's called. I'm sure you know what it is. What, the Adats? Oh, we I, get a Star Wars reference. I, I, yeah, I'm not good with Star Wars, but it looked like that. Yeah, and on Hoth and Empire with Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. They, they get the Adats there. It kind of looks like that. Yeah, and it's, it's awesome, and it disappears up into the mist. He. In the book, this this exists, and they just talk about it being so big that you just can't see the top of it. 
um, and it's got tentacles. If we go back to before, I don't think this is one of the creatures that was at the back door of the grocery store. No way, because it would have shook that whole place while those tentacles were coming in. So this is, and, and this is the moment too where you realize that, okay, fine, they've opened this dimension up and they're all there, but there's some that are just doing their thing. They're not necessarily there to like eat humans. They're just living in their own life cycle. Um, which gives me pause to think like, I don't know, like maybe you'll be okay then. Coexist. Yeah, maybe you'll yeah, be but okay. They, they're eating people. They are eating Ollie. They're eating John Lee. They're eating but the, the big ones didn't. Yeah. Uh what I wanted to know is how big is this fucking door? If that thing came out of it, the window or the door must be enormous. Unless it's a regular sized door and that big ass monster somehow just like squeaked his way through it. But I don't I don't I don't know if it's a door. Like it's just a I'm sure it's like a portal, uh, but I want like if that thing came out of it, it's gotta be bigger than that thing. Yeah, but I don't think I, I always picture it being not that they walk through a portal, that they're kind of almost like transported in a way. Like the okay. the riff in the dimensions just kind of like sucks your body through it in a in like the transporter from star trek type wow we just okay. had a star trek reference right after star wars okay reference. ding ding <laughs> ding heavy nerds um but in that way not that it's like a door like and it opens up and it's like oh, i'm too tall for the door let me duck in that's what i think, I think. it's I think it's in a cosmic way yeah. kind of between the two dimensions. Yeah. Well, I mean, I see, I think it is a cosmic thing, like kind of stranger things, but it must be enormous. Like the portal in stranger things. That's what I see it as. But this thing is huge and it's got tentacles hanging off its face and there's birds flying around it. Every yeah. step it takes, the car jumps. It is mind blowing. I love it. They drive until the gas runs out. And now they're trapped. They're still in the middle of the mist. Well, at least they tried, right? <laughs> I we, mean, that's that's kind of kind of how they go about it from here on out. Oh, we gave it a shot. We hear a snarling monster in the distance. They are doomed. They know it. And Dad made a promise to his kid. Don't let the monsters get him, no matter what. Dad looks around the car at everyone. They all know what's about to go down. Do they ever? Dad raises the gun, and there's the solution to their dilemma. But there's only four bullets. Ollie. Amanda goes, but there's five of us. Woof. Dad Drayton says, I'll figure something out. That's not heartbreaking enough. We get a long shot of David loading the gun up in front of his sleeping kid. Everyone in the car is mentally prepping. If that is not bad enough, this kid who has been sleeping the whole movie wakes up. (laughs) Why did they have him wake up? Just at that moment. It's so crazy how horrible it is one way sleeping, not knowing, and a whole nother level of horrible when he's awake and there's a gun pointing at his face and he sees it coming. I I mean... Like, okay, so we get the shots, the shot of the the truck, and we know what happened. And then we cut to him, and he's in there screaming and yelling. But, Sean, like, could 
couldn't they have tried a little bit harder? Like they literally just stopped. They just ran out of gas. Dad packs up the gun and pop, 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 pop. Like give it a little bit longer. Good God, man. Never in my life have I experienced a movie this batshit crazy. And I, and I have to say, well, I'll say it after we get to the last bit here. I, I would have waited a little bit longer. It seemed like a flawed plan. Oh, I know. There's the car out of gas. Pop, 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 pop. There's nothing on the car. The last, you know, beastie that came by just kind of lumbered by. I mean, they the, hear one in the distance. They do, but maybe it's a different type. Yeah, or maybe just wait it out till it gets there. Yeah, wait it out till it, it's right in front of you, and then you make that decision. Maybe the also, like I think, you. I think you probably could have shot two people with one bullet, but that's for. <laughs> I think. If you really wanted to, I think I'm not a ballistics expert. I, I'm not a gun person at all, but I don't know. But just yeah, and and then what happens? This is this. We is hear a long bigger. scream. There's daddy's in the car. He's screaming. There's four dead bodies surrounding him in the car. While he's screaming, he puts the empty barrel in his mouth and he's just pulling oh. the trigger. It is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, I've never seen shit like that. Dad gets out of the car. He's screaming. Come on, come on, kill me. I'm here, like fucking predator, Schwarzenegger, screaming for the monsters to kill him. We hear and we a noise. hear something. We hear a noise, like a monster is coming. Right, which is maybe this noise they heard before. Dad looks off into the mist, screaming, come on. We get a long shot of the mist. We hear another noise. And oh my God, a goddamn tank comes through. <laughs> <laughs> crushing daddy dream you're the worst devastating <laughs> army dudes tanks if that's not enough salt in the wound yeah the scared mother from the very beginning of the movie carol from walking dead yeah. who left to be with her kids who david wouldn't help because he had to look out for his own kid who he just shot in the face the mother passes by with her kids on the army truck. Whoo! Mind blowing. Brutal. Back to back uppercuts. Whap, 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 whap. This is how you end a movie. We see the army dudes with flamethrowers. They're burning up all the webs. Helicopters are flying around overhead. David drops to his knees. He killed them all and didn't wait 15 seconds. David lets out this awful scream. What a message. So many messages in this. So did I. I let out an awful scream as well. And I have to say the first time I saw it, obviously blown away by the um, ending. Uh, The second time I saw it, and not for this podcast, because now I've you know this, I've watched it three times in a row and listened to the audiobook and the making of and, and all the extras. Um, but the second time I saw this, uh, I was a father and it was crushing, brutal, crushing. The first time I saw it, I thought it was awful, but it didn't really hit me, hit me. And then it was just like, oh man, like, I I don't know. Like you weren't running in the woods with the kid in your arms from something chasing you. You weren't underneath the car exposed. Nothing was on the car. There wasn't spiders approaching. You just heard a noise. Like you you have to think eventually 
the military might be able to step in and take care of this. Like there's just, but, but a surprise, right? The first time you saw it, you, nobody expected that. to happen. I was screaming in the theater. I couldn't believe it. The camera pans up. There's the whole army. They're burning the whole surrounding area. The camera fades. We won. We beat the mist, but David Drayton didn't. The oh, you lost. And, and, you, <laughs> and, and, so my mind goes where I'm like, I don't want a sequel to this movie, but I, I am curious about David's mental state and what happens after that. But I'm, I'm more curious about this sort of sweeping military crew that comes in and, and, and wipes out these creatures. Do, do they kill them all? Did they close it down? And are they still coming in or were they able to close it? And now they're just wiping out who was left on this side of it. Um, yeah. Amazing. There's nothing I love more than a really unhappy ending. You do. You love the unhappy. Ending. I might say this is the best ending in a movie ever. Uh, or I damn mean, near in the top five. Yeah, it's pretty great. It, it you... is disturbing, bothersome, unsettling, no closure, it's not what you get from every other movie. Like, and you're a little pissed when it's over too, right? Yeah, like it, it leaves you yeah. it leaves you with no hope in humanity. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, now you live in a day in my life. <laughs> Buster, how's it feel? Maybe I that's a movie. Maybe that's a t-shirt. We'll have to get that quote about you in humanity. I have no movie. faith in humanity. <laughs> that, could be, that could be a t-shirt. I love this movie. I love this movie. Miss Carmody, like the hate I have for her is the love that I have for her. How flawlessly she executes this character and she makes my skin crawl. And Ollie, who's just the man and like and the dynamics and, and how it shifts around and then they and then they're doing like you know the the upper class and the lower class and then the racism they like inject so many things into this movie and the religion and they break it off into like everything it is such a wild ride so many milking of the alpacas moments uh it yeah it it just gets crazier and crazier and i and seeing this in movies like i was sold early on and and it just kept going and i was like oh my god it just keeps getting better and better and i expected the ending to suck and the ending happened and i'm like oh my god yeah this is the best movie i have ever seen yeah i yeah i like that i like leaving unsettled and not closure and like that's not what you go to the movies for. That's not what you enjoy this type of experience for. It wasn't that. It was like, come see this movie and we'll backhand slap you in the face. Yeah. It's and and in, in the book, it ends. And so it's narrated by David and he's writing all of this down. So it ends. They're at a Howard Johnson's hotel and they're just trying. They have, I think, 90 miles of gas left in the car so they're maybe going to continue on and try to find somewhere else to go and he heard he was able to pick up a signal on a radio and he hears uh i, I won't give it away here's two words we'll let people we'll let people read the book and figure it out and, and uh, on the radio we'll leave one teaser for them and and that's kind of where it ends and he says he's going to leave these notes there on a counter at the Howard Johnson's hotel restaurant for somebody to find. Um, I got to read the book. I gotta read yeah. The book. It, it was amazing. 
um absolutely amazing uh but yeah this was this was a this was a lot of fun. Oh, we want to hear from you. I want to hear your favorite moments, your favorite quotes, your your worst hated thing about Miss Carmody, your favorite monster, what oh, you thought and, about this movie. Yeah. And your chance to win something. So, so here we go. So you're going to be able to win a, a, a prize pack from us. And I'm going to give you some vertebrae 33 t-shirts and you'll be able to send me the size that you want. And we'll throw stickers and, and a bunch <laughs> of other stuff in there for you. E- email us or if you don't want to email us you can direct message us on any of the social medias and let us know if you if this ending was open how would you finish this movie right what would be your ending and a cop out is oh they made the perfect ending to this movie what would be your ending to this movie? yeah you can't enter the contest i want i want a, <laughs> a, a doggy an in madness doggy bag um let us know. Send us either it's a direct message on social media or uh, an email to what is it? In madness pod at gmail.com. Did I get it right? Yep. You got it right. And at in madness pod on all of the socials. Yeah. Uh, that's Let awesome. us know what your ending to this would be. Can you beat, can you top this ending? Yeah, low down, low down. And, and we'll pick our favorite and we'll send somebody a prize pack. Very cool. Look at us. A little crowd participation. That's what it's all about. And eventually, right. I think we got to do like a YouTube live thing, right? I think we got the option to do it. We should probably do it. We'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I don't know, like a watch along or something. Uh, I don't know how those things yeah. work. Yeah, watch, watch my big head in the shadows over here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for our 10th episode, wow, we did a great 10th episode. Um, we were going to have a guest for our next episode. I think I'm, we're going to have to push that back to our next, next episode. So you got all your gnarly bits in. That is the mist on Id Madness. You're good? That is good. I thank you, everyone, for listening. It was totally awesome. Sean, do you want to tease? Can you tease episode 10? Man, man, we're going outside of our normal Lovecraftian roots that we have stuck to yeah uh ephraim winslow uh is definitely a main character in this movie but it's not ephraim winslow he plays another person yeah he's Uh, he's ephraim winslow if he got even more baddie seven may have (laughs) taken place in the place where this movie also takes place yes listen to our episode on the movie seven our seventh episode and you will know exactly what movie this is. and it is the newest adaptation of this movie i love how we almost give the exact that's the point that's yeah, the point. Yeah. As, many, as many as possible till they definitely figure it out. But yeah, I am very excited for this next episode. It is going to be what bat shit crazy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But thank you everybody for listening. This was awesome. We appreciate it so much. Episode 10. We did it. And uh, I hope the ending of this episode leaves you in a good mood. We want uh, our, our listeners to leave in a good mood, Sean. Not not miserable. And what was your line about humanity? I have no faith in humanity. No, faith. never had. You never had. It. <laughs> uh, we'll see you in episode eleven. It's been another great episode of In Madness Pod. Thanks for joining us. See you later.